Welcome back, everybody. My name is David Hunter, and this is The Weekend Rant. Now, based off talking to a few people, some people tend to think that this show is essentially about politics or anything of the sort, anything relating to politics. But I just want to clarify something. It's not. It's not just about politics. It's essentially a combination of all things in life. I talk about current events. I talk about I do talk about politics. I do talk about life situations. I talk about uh, inequality. I talk about everything. It's not just about politics. It's about everything. I mean, anyway, let's start the show. Now, what I do want to talk about today is essentially something pertaining to the Boeing 737 MAX 8 jet. Now, a lot of you may never want to listen to it. Feel free to just switch to another podcast or another show or whatever, but I'm going to talk about it because this is my show. However, I, you know, whatever. But anyway, let's get to it. So the Boeing 737 MAX 8, those jets, as everyone knows, as everyone probably probably does know that those jets were grounded, um, I don't know, like last week sometime, like last last Wednesday or last Thursday or something, something along the lines of that. However, um, people tend to have a fear in flying. People tend to say that airplanes are not safe. And a lot of people just tend to not fly. Now, me being of the aviation industry and being in the aviation world and being an aviation enthusiast, I would like to say that, you know, planes are definitely safe and they're definitely air travel is definitely safe. It may be uh, air travel, may be annoying. It may be long winding. It may be, I don't know, tiring. However, it is safe. This is 100 percent safe. Now, what I want to talk about with the jet, what a lot of people may not understand is that there was a problem with the Boeing 737 MAX 8 MCAS system. Now, the MCAS stands for Maneuvering Characteristics Augmentation System. Now, that system was designed accordingly to the Boeing engineers. Uh, it was basically, it's essentially, it's something that would allow the plane to correct itself in the event of uh, some sort of fault or some sort of on a malfunction. Now, the, mal- the fault or the malfunction essentially was a Boeing 737 MAX 8 design flaw made by Boeing. What they did was they, they wanted to get more fuel efficiency out of the airplane. So what they did was they installed bigger engines onto the MAX 8 design. Now, those bigger engines caused it, caused it to, in order to install the plane so it wouldn't lose out on its aerodynamic abilities or whatnot, what happened is they had to install the engine, the, bigger, the much bigger engine, on the low riding gear system, they had to install the engine on, you know, the engine goes on the wing. What they had to do was they had to move it f- a little bit forward, had to move it a little bit from the aft of the wing to the, a little bit forward facing of the wing. Now, and, and based off its moving, based off the design, uh, not the design, but based off the location of where they put the new, the new engine on the airplane, that's essentially what caused the whole thing to the whole system that uh, malfunction like that, like it did. Now, what I want to talk about is essentially what happens in the MCAS system. Now, what is what happens, what triggers the MCAS system to essentially go on or essentially to activate? Now, the MCAS, the MCAS system, well, the, the whole reason, the whole reason why the design is not working for the 737 MAX 8 or causing the first plane crash with Lion Air the reason why that happened was because the forward, the more forward engine essentially messed with the plane's uh, pitch. Now, if those of you who don't know what the pitch is, essentially the pitch is if the airplane is taking off, you know, the airplane is pointed up. If it's um, 
Landing, it's pitching down. It's facing down. So that's essentially what the pitch is. Now, the pitch is controlled by something on the, on the rear of the airplane, on the after the airplane, called the horizontal stabilizer. And there's two stabilizers on the rear of the airplane. There's a vertical stabilizer, which controls the, uh, the yaw or the rudder, and essentially, and what controls the pitch of the airplane is essentially something called the elevator or the what they call a pitch or which is, you know, the angle of attack, essentially the AOA. Now, planes have this thing called a critical angle of attack. Now, what the most what the forward engines cause the airplane to think will cause the airplane to do is essentially pitch up, reaching that critical angle of attack in which the critical angle of attack when that happens the plane stalls. And when a plane stalls, it falls out of the sky. Each and every aircraft has a critical AOA. Okay? Now, with that being said, the whole, the whole thing about the whole the forward-facing design, the forward engine design on that aircraft, essentially what it did was it caused the airplane to actually pitch on the line air and this is what this is what is speculated to have happened in the most recent accident with uh the ethiopian flight the whole th- the essentially the aircraft was essentially had something called what pilots will refer to as runaway trim now runaway tr- runaway trim essentially when an aircraft is pitching in a direction in which the pilots cannot well essentially the pilots does not have control over it the aircraft was pitching down in a sense because of the fact that the plane thought it was reaching that whole critical angle of attack, which was pitching up a little bit too high and it was going to stall. So in order to combat that stall, you have to act the pitch or the essentially the MCAS system kicked in and pitched the aircraft down, which sent it into a dive. Now, was suspected that happened with this dive when the, when the aircraft pitched down, when the MCAS system kicked on, is that the pilots did not necessarily know about this MCAS system. They didn't know essentially to disable it. Well, some pilots argue against it. And honestly, I'm no airline captain. I'm just an aviation enthusiast. I am a I'm a civil aviation pilot, but I'm not no I'm not a, I'm not an airline pilot. So I'm not a commercial pilot or anything of the sort. So I can only this is based off my research and my understanding of it. I may be wrong, I may be correct, but I do think I am correct on it, but this is all still speculation in regards to the most recent accident. Right? But anyway, that's what happened with that. So it's suspected, but we're still—I'm still waiting to hear the black box recordings. I'm—I'm uh, I'm still waiting on the whole thing. I'm—I'm I'm just as anxious as everyone else to figure out exactly what happened with this whole thing that went on because I—I I was actually supposed to fly on a um on a um Boeing Max a Boeing seven thirty seven Max eight jet this past week. Well, not this well yeah, last weekend. I was supposed to fly on one, but instead I had to fly on some fucked up, crammed ass, fucking old ass. 737-700. It was so fucking old and ugh, I was just, it was just sickening to be on. Oh, so crammed. My arms are still hurting from sitting in the middle of people because because of that flight, because of that flight got canceled because of the grounding of those jets, I had to book another flight. So I booked another flight and I got a shitty seat. I had no other choice. I had, a sh- I had to come back. I had a shitty seat. Now, those are first world problems, but still, man, my arms are fucking hurting. I had a great seat on the first flight that was initially canceled, but, you know, it's whatever. And then I couldn't even fly direct. I had to get a connecting flight, which added to the trip. <laughs> you know, it's not fun waking up early as fuck in the morning to catch two planes. You know what I'm saying? Just, you know, and sit in a cramped fucking seat. That shit is fucking terrible. 
again, these are first world problems. So I really honest, I shouldn't be complaining about it. <laughs> you know, but anyway, I want to switch gears a bit and talk about something else because this has been a, a relatively slow news week. It's, it's really nothing in the news has really been popped out. It's really popped out to me other than the fact that Robert Mueller, Robert Mueller has completed his report. Um, he completed his probe or whatever in regards to the collusion in Trump's campaign and a litany of other things. So we're waiting for those reports to come out. We're seeing that the Attorney General William Barr will essentially allow the unredacted reports to come out or essentially give it to Congress or, or the House Oversight Committee to see if we can actually see. And then, and then the Oversight Committee is going to... But honestly, William Barr, essentially, William Barr, he's the one who decides what comes out or what the public knows in that report. Now, we're hoping that we see the total and 100% um, the total report and not anything redacted, not anything taken out. We're hoping to see the whole entire thing because the public has a right to need, the public has a right to know. We pay our taxes. We pay their fucking salaries. We have the right to know what essentially goes on in the government or what's happening or what has Robert Mueller found in his investigations. Okay? Anyway, switching gears from that, I want to talk about Something that's a little bit touchy, right? I want to talk about mental health. Now, mental health, that's a thing, right? It's a thing where, of course, it's a thing, right? But mental health, it's one of those things where it's really touchy and there's no, every mental health case is essentially, it's different. No mental health case is the same. Now, when I when I when I when I say this, I mean that each and every person who's out there dealing with some sort of mental illness, in a sense, they what most people tend to do is they tend to not open up or they tend to not talk to people about it. A lot of people tend to do whatever makes them feel comfortable, whether that be shutting everyone out, whether that be self medicating. Or whether it be, I don't know, doing something else is like damning. Now, here's the thing. When you self-medicate, when you crawl into a hole and don't come out, those things are fine initially, I think. And here's what I think. I think those things are fine initially. But I, it's no, it, it, there, you do need time to recover from whatever's going on with you. Sometimes you do need alone time. I get it. Now, what I would say is that you don't need to essentially to keep up with that whole thing because that's only, it's detrimental. Those efforts in trying to essentially fix yourself while trying to block everyone out or block everything out and just trying to be by yourself and whatnot, that shit right there, that shit is futile. They will never succeed. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's a thing, right? It's, it's a, I keep saying that. But here's the point. The thing about mental health, it, whether, whatever your mental health case may be, whether it be anxiety, whether it be depression, whether it be, I don't know, uh, schizophrenia, I don't know, whatever your mental health case may be. Maybe, maybe, you, maybe you may be dealing with some sort of something that upsets you. And it has you feeling some type of way. And you don't necessarily know what exactly is going on. You don't really know exactly how you feel about it. You don't know if you're depressed about it. You don't know if you're just feeling uneasy. You don't know if you just need some time to recover. You don't even. You don't even. You don't know if you need some time to just re recuperate from whatever happened. But essentially, 
all these things happen and they hit us differently. We all react differently based off these things. With mental health, that's something you don't fuck around with. You don't fuck around with mental health. A lot of people, they tend to just, I don't know, they tend to go on meds and, like I said, self-medicate and shit like that. A lot of people turn to drinking. A lot of people turn to eating. Some people turn to working out, which is good. Some people tend to, some people do the right thing. Some people do the wrong thing. There are good, there are good and bad things to do, and it is the right thing and the wrong thing to do. However, there's no clear-cut answer as to what to do. There are only things that people can suggest that may help. Because like I said, each and every case is different. I'm no psychologist. I just happen to know these things. I just happen to understand the way it works and the way the human mind works and the way the body works. And I do know that whenever you are going through something, it is hard. It is hard. It's, these things are not easy. But here's the thing. It's good that these things are hard. It's good for whatever reason that you may be going through whatever you're feeling. Or you may be going through whatever you're feeling. Or, or going through. Sorry. Whatever the case may be. These things are here to help you. They're not here to damage you. They're not here to kill you. They're not here to harm you. You can take it and run with it. Or you can take it and look at it as a defeat. But essentially what it is is... I mean, people may be depressed because they lost something. Let's just say they lost an important, I don't know, something they were trying to accomplish and they failed at it. Overall, don't look at it as a failure. You may have lost the fight, but you did not lose the battle. As cliche as that may sound, it's true. Think about it. What people tend to do when they feel like they lost, well, people, a lot of people, people don't like losing. That's the thing. People don't like losing. I don't like feeling like I lost something. Okay? That's just me. I don't like feeling like I lost. You know, no one feels like, no one likes feel that feeling of losing something and being a fucking loser. That shit is, is it's killer. It's damaging. I'm telling you. And that shit hits hard. It hits people differently. You know? I'm one of those people to where as though I, I try my best and I do give it my all. Whenever I do attempt to do something, I give it my all. And I put my freaking heart into it. I put everything I've gotten through. I throw everything at it. And sometimes, no matter what your efforts may be, you will fail. Because that's the thing. It was just not destined for you to achieve whatever it is you were trying to achieve. Maybe, maybe not ultimately, but at the time. Because if you give it your all, if you give something your all, that is the best that you can do. Now, people who do give it their all, they tend to think, you know what? Maybe there might have been something else I could have done. Maybe there was something else I could have do, I could have done, or something I should have done. Maybe there's some things I shouldn't have, shouldn't have done. But that's the thing: you can't think like that. If you really feel in your heart that you gave something your all, you cannot sit there and look at it as a defeat. Because you did not lose that battle. You lost that fight, but you died, You did not lose the battle. And that's what people have a hard time of coming to terms with. I know I did for a fact. And I still do with things, with certain things. I do still have a, a hard time with accepting, um, accepting a loss. You know what I mean? But that's the thing. That, that L that's in that loss, you can't look at it as like just an L. You can't look at it as a loss, that L. You have to look at it as a lesson. And there's something, it's always something to learn from these sort of things. It may not 
coming to light. It may not present itself in Im- immediately. However, later on down the line, it will. Trust and believe, I'm still learning about things that I failed to accomplish, even though I gave it my all years ago. Years ago, I'm still learning the lessons that were meant to be learned because of the fact that I failed those things or essentially I didn't accomplish it. I'm still learning. That's the thing. Learning does just it does it does not just stop with one thing. It continues to keep going and life continues to keep going and you continue to keep growing. You continue to keep getting better. As long as you want better, you will get better. And that's what a lot of these things happen for. They put you in this in this place where you start to reevaluate. You start to look at things differently. You start to look at your life differently, the way you move, the things that you say, the way you act, how you think. You start to evaluate your life differently. So once you start to do that, people can either go one, one route or, or they can go either one route or they can go another route. One route being they can take this shit and say something's wrong with them and they would never get through it. And there's, something, there's always going to be something wrong with them. Or you can go the opposite route and do conversely that. Say, something is wrong with me. However, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to fix whatever the fuck is wrong with me. I'm going to get this shit in check. Because that's what you have to do. And that's how I looked at it. When I was going through something, when I failed to do something, I looked at myself and I just reevaluated. I was like, you know what? I'm not as smart as I think I am. And also, I don't consider myself to be. I used to consider myself to be smart. Back then, when I was young, dumb, naive, I was, you name it, I was fucking everything. I was a schmuck. I was every fucking thing. The way I look at it, that's the way I look at my younger self. I was pretentious. I thought I was this fucking high and mighty kid or whatever. I thought I was so fucking smart, so fucking mature. I didn't know shit. I didn't know jack shit about myself. And honestly, I'm still learning about myself. That's all I know I did not know about myself. <laughs> you know, it... it it's, it's funny how life teaches you about things because you never look at it. Whenever you think you are high and mighty, you never look at yourself like your shit stinks. You never reevaluate. But it's crazy and it's funny how life has a way of doing that shit. It, it humbles you. People have to look at these, these negative experiences as humbling because it is. There's a lesson to be learned in these things. You have to dive deep and look at it that, from that perspective. A lot of people don't. That's why talking about mental health is, is, is such a is such a touchy thing because a lot of people, when they are going through something, they won't they won't look at it as a vice. They look at it as like you're you're being hard on them. And that's the thing. You have to be hard on yourself. You do. You do because you're the only one who has your best interest in mind. Other people say they do, and maybe they do, but you know for a fact that you have your best interest at heart. So you have to do things. You have to take the initiative yourself to better yourself. That's the thing. People don't tend to realize this. And it's so really smart people, right? Really smart people tend to miss this tend to go over their head a lot. Because they're so smart. They just look at it from they look at it from all different perspectives, but the one that they're supposed to look at it from. At least that's how I see it. Really smart people. And it's crazy how so many it's crazy how many people actually do deal with some sort of mental illness, whether it be depression, whether it be anxiety. It's crazy how so many people actually do deal with a mental illness. 
with some sort of mental instability. You know? It's crazy. It's re- it really is. And honestly, just from me talking to people and knowing how to talk to people and essentially getting answers from not asking directly, because I do study human behaviors and I do study psychology a bit. I do. You know, uh, it's, it's funny. You know, I do. And it's interesting. It's very interesting to me. That's the reason why I got into it. Not just because I was going through something. I got into it because I was, I was curious as to how people act and how they, why they react to certain things, why they do certain things. Another thing I also learned from this was that you will honestly never know the reason why some people do certain things. No matter what they say, no matter what they tell you, you will honestly never really know what some people do in regards to certain things. Someone can hurt you. Someone can lie to you. You will never know the true reason why in certain cases. In many cases, actually, I would say. Not in most, but in many. You know? And that's just the thing. It's, it's extremely difficult to try to process how someone else's mind works. Because all of our minds work differently. You may be trying to base it off your own your own understanding, but that's the thing. You can't just lean towards your own understanding in regards to these certain things because each case is essentially is different. It's constitutional. It's never, it's never going to be the same for each and every person. You may catch a person here and there, and it may be okay, and it may be it, not okay, but it may be the same or similar, but it's not going to be the same way for each and every single person, no matter how well you think you know them, no matter how much you've been around this person. You Honestly, you, you really never know. Just when you think you know somebody, you really don't. A lot of people tend to hold back information whenever you're talking to them. Honestly, I don't think I've ever met a person who was absolutely 100% willing to talk to me about every single thing that was going on, no matter how many times they came for me, they came to me for advice or they wanted to just vent. I don't, I, some people vent, but they, we, we tend to hold back certain things. I'm not going to say they, I'm going to say we, because I do the same thing. I hold back a lot of shit. <laughs> it's an issue, but I do. I'm a fucking hypocrite right now, right? I got to learn how to just open up about certain things. Certain, some things I just don't know how to explain without sounding fucking stupid. <laughs> that's the reason why I'm, I'm now, I, that's the reason why I now hold back certain things before I just didn't want to talk about it. But now I realize I just don't know how to talk about it. I don't know how to explain it. I, I, know what I, I know what's going on in my head, but I don't know how to convey it. <laughs> you know, it's, it's one of those things. It is one of those things. And a lot, I think a lot of people actually do have a problem with that. You know, it's something that we all have to work on. Those of you who, are, who do have a problem with that and can recognize it. We, we have to work on it. We have to learn how to let some people in. We have to let we have to, we have to learn how to let let certain people in at times when it's necessary. But people who's conversed to this will say that you know I have to be on my own. I get this is something I got to work on myself. I no one else can be brought into this shit, and that's that's another thing too. Some things you do have to work out by yourself. And here's the thing. I used to think I used to have to work out everything on my own. I didn't want to bring anyone to my shit. I didn't want to bring my baggage to anyone. I didn't want to bother anyone with my problems. And I still don't. 
I still don't want to bother anyone with my problems. It's why I never went to go see a psychologist or anything of the sort, any professional. I never seeked any professional mental health or anything of anything of the sort because I don't want to bother people with my problems. Not that I don't want to face it. I just don't want to bother people with my problems. But I'm getting better. I'm telling you, I'm getting better. I'm working on it. I am working on it. I know people who's, uh, who may be listening, all two of you, you will essentially, you'll get better. You know, you know that you will get better. You know that you're going to get, you know, you're going to pull out of this thing. It's not the end of it. It's definitely not the end. <laughs> you know, I've been in some dark places before. I've probably reached the lowest point of my life before. And actually not. So far, I've reached the lowest point. But I came out of that shit, you know? I came out of that shit a different person on the other side. Because the thing, you will come out a different person. There's some sort of... There's some sort of beauty. There's some sort of pain. Um, there's some sort of beauty. There's some sort of motivation in pain and in suffering. It turns you into a completely different monster. But you just have to make it work in your favor. That's something you got to realize, people. You got to learn how to make that shit work in your favor. You got to learn how to take this shit and use it for good. And don't take it as something that's just... Life is against you. Don't just take it as, you know what, this shit always happens to me. Shit always happening to me. That's just the way it's going to be. Because it's, it's not, you know. That's the way you're making it to be. But it doesn't have to be like that. You don't have to be like that. <laughs> you know, you can. I'm trying to tell you, man, the human mind is much more powerful than we may think. You could do hell, a hell of a lot more than you think you can. You, your abilities, your 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 mind hasn't been stretched out yet you haven't been tested i'm trying to tell you you haven't really been tested not yet and those of you maybe who have been tested you know exactly what i'm talking about so you know this is this is nothing new that i'm talking about this is nothing new that you're hearing me say you this is all shit that you know and you figured out for those of you who minds has been tested and you know what it's you know what it feels like to be tested you know when your strength is being put to the challenge. It's your time to recognize that shit, people. One thing I want to leave you guys with before I end is a bit of a... I don't know. It's a bit of a food for thought. Yeah? Imagine having feelings for someone, right? And... You haven't talked to, you haven't spoken to this person in so long. You haven't spoken to this person in, I don't know, let's say a year. But you had something with this person, right? And for whatever reason, you haven't spoken, right? So let's just say you had no intentions of hitting this person up. And then out of nowhere, out of the blue, they hit you up or they reach out to you. Now, the reason why you probably haven't spoken to this person is because you feel a certain way about them. Maybe you still got feelings for them. Maybe you still be you may be in love with them. Whatever, what have you. So this let's just say this person knows this. They reach out to you and they start they start um talking as if they want to be with you again, right? They start saying things and you know, doing certain things or whatnot or encouraging certain 
things to come out of you or, you know, doing certain things that would essentially lead you to believe that they want to try to procure some sort of relationship or some sort of something of the sort with you, right? Now, let's just say this person happens to, you, you tend to engage in conversation with them. So the conversation gets a bit deeper and they invite you on a vacation. So you go on this vacation and let's just say everything is fine. You have fun. Everything's great. Everything seemed like it was looking up. But then you get back from this vacation a few days later with this, you know, you get back from vacation with this person a few days later. And then out of nowhere, they send you a message saying that they decided <laughs> they decided that they're going to marry their childhood best friend. Read about it in my next article. This has been Fundamentally Informed. Thank you all for listening. I really do appreciate it. Until next time, stay tuned.